I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure you tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And like and subscribe to all of the social media that you consume. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the alternative sites as well, like Telegram and Twitch and uh, Rumble, uh, where we're starting to gain some traction because we're not shadow banned there. Twitter's actually been the most fun for me in the past year to interact with. And the funny thing is, it was something I never desired to uh, be on or, or interact with whatsoever. And it still has some nuance that I'm not really happy about. In other words, like I think it's 230 characters you limited to. So I get it. You know, the, the whole point is just quick little bites. But on the other hand, it's like, I, uh, I feel like it's a little bit more free. And Elon Musk even teased out that he might open a marketplace on Twitter, which would be cool if he doesn't restrict guns. That would be amazing, and uh, obviously all laws would be followed, but that would be really cool if that floodgate would open. If somebody would do that, like open up a social media channel that gets wide and broad coverage that um, if you're a blue check FFL uh that would make sense. You know, you've been verified that you comply with federal and state and local laws. You should be able to sell your wares and hawk your wares on it. I would definitely um, take part in that. But anyway, so wherever you get your social media, you'll find Cape Gunworks and Rapid Fire Radio. And hopefully you'll like, subscribe, share, follow, comment, and spread the word far and wide because that's the only way uh, we're going to gain traction in, in an era of shadow banning and, you know, people trying to keep good content down and out and off the social media channels. But anyway, we're glad you're here. It's been quite a week. It's <laughs> I feel like doing the show once a week is like we have a lot of catch up to do, you know, like what can happen in a week is amazing. But um, we're we're happy you're here and uh we, we love the fact that you tune in each and every week. We don't take that for granted. I, I am very honored that you guys choose to spend an hour or two with us. And uh, so we're, we're really glad about that. So um, anyway, one of the things I wanted to talk about real quick to bring everybody up to, to uh, date on the uh, gun news is since we last talked, uh, Gavin Newsom 
Gavin or Newsom. That's a great name, by the way, yeah. Gavin or Newsom. It's uh, Governor Newsom, Gavin Newsom. I just like merged that. That's that was a good Freudian slip, Gavin or Newsom. <laughs> oh man, yep. That's how my brain works sometimes. My mouth goes faster than my brain. But Gaviner Newsom <laughs> has said that basically he doesn't know what else he can do to restrict your constitutional rights. Uh, so therefore, he's proposing the 28th Amendment, which in their words is a way to regulate the gun industry and guns in general and still not step on your Second Amendment rights. Hmm. That's a that seems like a, an oxymoron, if you ask me, uh, because he knows that he doesn't have the constitutional ability to restrict your rights in a post-Bruin world. Uh, but so, in his frustration, he wants the Twenty Eighth Amendment, where he can restrict guns and not restrict your Second Amendment. I, I don't even understand how that uh, works. But let's let's unpack this a little bit. There was an article on Land back on June 8th by Dave Workman, and it says, Liberal Democrat California Governor Gavin Newsom, or a.k.a. Governor Newsom, is proposing the 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution to enshrine fundamental broadly supported gun safety measures into law. Of course, it's gun safety measures. Newsom's office made the announcement Thursday morning declaring in a prepared statement, our ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. The 28th Amendment will enshrine in the Constitution common sense gun safety measures that Democrats, Republicans, independents, and gun owners overwhelmingly support while leaving the Second Amendment unchanged and respecting America's gun-owning tradition. Well, that just sounds so noble of you, Gavin. Let's read on here. Newsom, an ardently anti-gun rights Democrat who has lately been waging a war of words against Florida uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, or DeSantis, however he likes it pronounced, possibly in an effort to weaken the Sunshine State's Republican presidential campaign, insists his proposal will leave the Second Amendment unchanged. But is that accurate? Here's what his proposed amendment would include, according to his website, raising the federal minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21, which has already been ruled unconstitutional, by the way, by several uh, uh, appeals appellate courts, mandating universal background checks to prevent truly dangerous people from purchasing a gun that could be used in a crime, a.k.a. he wants to make sure that a father can't gift his son a gun or a son can't gift his father a gun, or an uncle can't take his nephew out hunting and let him use his gun, because that would constitute a transfer. So ending this horrific gun show loophole, uh, I digress. Instituting a reasonable waiting period for all gun purchases. Isn't that justice delayed is justice denied? Well, doesn't the same go for our rights? A right delayed is a right denied, Gavinor. I'll wait. 
barring civil, excuse me, barring civilian purchase of assault weapons that serve no other purpose than to kill as many people as possible in a short amount of time. Weapons of war our nation's founders never foresaw. Well, I wonder if those weapons of war will include the 1903 Springfield or will it include the 1917 Eddie Stone? Will it include the 3040 Craig? Will it include the Colt 1911A1? Will it include the M1A, Springfield M1A? Will it include a M1 carbine or an M1 Garand? Because all of these were weapons of war at one time in our nation's history. What do you say? Let us know. You can give us a call, 508-444-2120. And if you're hearing this and you don't have your license, unfortunately, in Massachusetts, you still need permission in order to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. We have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies-only classes. So sign up today at capegunworks.com. And that ladies-only class on June 17th is coming up quick. All right, we will be right back. I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. The firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. 508-444-2120 is the number if you want to be on the line with me today, or you can leave a message if we're not live at the time you call. Um, We also have a poll question, which is over on Twitter and on our website, rapidfireradio.us, and that is that House... Passed Joint Resolution 44. Will the Senate pass a similar bill? Yes or no? You can find the poll question on rapidfireradio.us or go to the Twitter page. Uh, Search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word on Twitter, and you'll find it. And this week's discount code is very easy to remember. It's DAD. D-A-D. Forward and backward. D-A-D. We all have a dad that... We could make very happy on Father's Day. So go over to CapeConworks.com and uh, you can easily make your dad happy. We have an AR Build class on Father's Day too, which we'll talk about a little later. But um, last week's poll question was, do you have a red dot sight on your EDC? 
And if so, what brand? 66% of you said yes. 25% said no. And 8.3% of you uh, percent said not sure yet. The jury's still out on that. So that's pretty cool. Um, and this week's poll question is the House passed Joint Re- Resolution 44. That was uh, Andrew Clyde's bill from uh, Georgia. And that basically nullifies this pistol brace rule uh, by the ATF and basically says that the ATF does not have a right or cannot make laws. They are a bureaucracy and their job is to enforce the laws that Congress passes. So the question is, will the Senate do it too? And currently we are saying 25% say yes and 75% no. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no, I don't think they will pass. Uh, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see if a bill is even presented to the floor for a full House vote, uh, Senate vote. I'm not sure it will, but you never know. Uh, that would be great. Um, so anyway, uh, that's something to watch. Joe Biden has already said he would not sign it, even if it did, uh, did pass, uh, and I have a question on the chat here. Uh, who are the f- two Republicans that voted for uh, Joint Resolution 44? And uh, let me see if I can find that right now. There were two Democrats that voted for it and two Republicans that voted against it, both of them breaking with party lines. And uh, so let's see. The, um, there was also a few no votes uh, not no votes, non-votes, I should say. There were three Republican non-votes, which, um, which basically, it's interesting that they didn't vote. And one of them was a co-sponsor of the bill. So that's really weird, uh, because if they co-sponsored it, you'd think they'd be in favor of it, but then he didn't show up to vote. Maybe he had a family emergency or something. But All right, so the two Republicans that voted no... Uh, was the New Jersey 7th District Republican Thomas Keene. No surprise, it's out of New Jersey. And also the Pennsylvania 1st District Republican Brian Fitzpatrick. Um, Those both voted no on this joint resolution 44. And then there were two Democrats that broke rank. And what was interesting during the live vote results, if you watched it, um, was... I would say there was probably about up to at one point five, maybe even six or seven Democrats that voted yes with Republicans, but then the vote changed. So I don't know if they voted yes, went out in the hall and got told, you better go switch your vote or you're not going to be able to uh, get that bill that you wanted to the floor or something like that, some political uh, you know, meandering or maneuvering, uh, who knows. But I saw at one point up to three Democrats voted yes, and then all of them went away. And then before the end of the voting, two went back in. So, you know, I I was just like very curious. Or were they just doing it so that Republicans thought, oh, we got this and maybe we don't need to vote. I'll go home to my family. I don't know. But anyway, the bottom line is the two Democrats that voted yes uh, was Mary uh, uh, Patola from Alaska and Jared Golden from Maine, uh, 2nd District of Maine. So, yay, 
Jared and Mary, good for you guys. Um, it was brave on your part to to break rank and vote. I know the Democrats have severe punishment for those that don't get in line. Uh, and Keene and Fitzpatrick, um, sorry to say that uh, you probably won't. There will be no pushback. I'm sure on your on your end by your party. You just have to hang your heads in shame that you think that. Uh, ATF has power to write law and should continue to make rule changes that have massive implications on uh, 40 million people out there. Um, I don't think that's their job. I don't think that's their job, and I don't think it's uh, smart for the ATF to be out there changing rules of the game that carry felonious implications on a majority of Americans, or, or not a majority, but on millions of Americans. So there's probably nothing else you could do in by any three-letter agency that could make that many felons overnight. But the ATF has managed a way to do it. And uh, so, yeah. All right, let me just close the loop on uh, Gaviner Newsom. <laughs> I like my new... Uh, So, according to Politico, which interviewed Newsom prior to making his announcement, the Golden State governor insisted, this is a mechanism to address that despair. We're sick of being on the defense and throwing up our hands. We want to go on the offense and be for something and build a movement that's bottom up and not top down. I don't know what the heck that means, but it sounds to me like Something a tyrant would say when they can't get their way. They want to change the rules so that they can make more felons overnight by barring civilian purchase of so-called assault weapons that serve no other purpose than to kill as many people as possible in a short amount of time. I wonder, is there ever a manufacturer of any gun, especially on the civilian market out there, that goes... They have a boardroom meeting. They all get together and they're like, Joe, I want you to come up with a new weapon that can kill as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time. And I want blueprints on my desk by next Monday or you're fired. Or Larry, when's the last time you came up with a weapon so destructive that it killed as many people in the shortest amount of time? You're still... Ten years ago, you came up with a bolt-action rifle. Not good enough. If you want to keep your job, you're going to make a gun that fires a thirty caliber magazine clip in half a second. Or go find a job somewhere else. Can you imagine that boardroom? (laughs) It's like, we're conspiring ways to kill as many people in the shortest amount of time possible. Uh, That's utterly ridiculous. But... People like Gavin Newsom get away with saying stupid stuff like that. And weapons of war, our nation's founders never foresaw. Well, at the time our nation was founded, our founders recognized all arms, bearable arms, should not be infringed. And guess what? The arms at the time were quote-unquote ghost guns. They were guns made without government knowledge. They were assault weapons because they were used in battle. They were 
what our what our military went to war with at the time. And don't you think these were some of the smartest men who ever lived? Don't you think they understood technology was going to change? I think they did. And that's why they didn't say muskets. That's why they didn't say bayonets. That's why they didn't say uh, sabers. That's why they didn't say uh, grape shot or blunderbusses or uh, flintlocks or wheel locks or percussion rifles. They said bearable arms because they knew technology would change. And the civilian ownership of said weapons has to keep pace with what the military can produce. Or else you can't keep them in check. Anyway, um, what do you have to say about that? 508-444-2120. Am I way off base here? Do, I, do you think that the military, um, do you think that the arms that civilians are allowed to have are far too deadly and far too dangerous and that our founders never would have foreseen that falling into the hands of uh, common people? That we wouldn't have a two-tiered justice system, one for law enforcement and one for military and one for our people. Well, I'm afraid to say that I think we do now have that two-tiered justice system. Uh, Even in our state here, we have been living for the better part of 20 years under a uh, two-tiered justice system, one that says law enforcement is exempt from the rules that the regular civilian population has to live by. And they are allowed to have high-capacity weapons, quote-unquote. They are allowed to have, quote-unquote, assault weapons. They are allowed to have, they are exempt from the Attorney General's regulations, and uh, they can have guns that are deemed too unsafe for the average person. What do you say? Let us know in the chat. Give us a call, 508-444-2120. If you want the best legal protection that you can get, you got to join the USCCA. Go to uscca.co slash rapid fire for a very special deal. That's uscca.co slash rapid fire to get a special training discount, legal advice, and the legal protection you and your family need. I'm a member. I've been a member for years, and there's a lot to offer at the USCCA. So go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire today. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. hard to leave shots like these to chance now you never have to compromise performance again federal premium heavy bismuth hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from heavy shot 22 percent denser than steel more energy downrange launched by the flight control flex wad heavy bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns loaded in the usa by federal ammunition Welcome to Rapid Fire. Tell us what you think each and every time we're live. Call or text 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And don't forget, you can enter to win. This week's winner is Paul S. Look for an email from us. You're getting the wonderfully Cape Cod made, Cape Cod Challenger Green fertilizer. You're going to get two pounds of that. The tomato and the hydrangea blend. You'll be getting a call from us on that or check your email. And this week, we're giving away super cool 
Rapid Fire Radio. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, go to rapidfireradio.us to sign up. We're giving away this Phoenix Tactical Automatic Contractive Pen. It's the Phoenix T6 Automatic Contractive Pen. And it is super cool because not only is it a tactical pen, it actually writes. I've been frustrated many a times when I bought or got given to me a quote-unquote tactical pen that didn't write. Don't call it a tactical pen. Call it a shiv or something. But it didn't. if it doesn't write, it's not a pen. This is a pen. And you can... <laughs> and you can write your name to those important contracts in style and it has the Cape Gunworks logo right on it. I don't know if the camera will pick that up, but it's got the uh, laser engraved logo. There it is, uh, right on the pen. It also has three light settings. It's got low, medium, and blind and blind me. Uh, it has it goes all the way up to a whopping 80 decibels and it has an 18 meter beam distance which is pretty remarkable out of a pen so anyway that's what we're giving away this week so you don't want to miss out on that um go to yeah it it should have a built-in built-in machine gun but it doesn't so the phoenix t6 tactical contractive pen with the cape gunworks logo um you'll be you'll be a winner so you don't want to miss out on that uh, this week's code again is DAD for those of you who are following along at home. We got some great DAD stuff coming up, um, so you don't want to miss out on that. Um, but anyway, let's get to the chat and see what you guys have to say. I've been talking a lot, and uh, a lot's happened. I didn't even get to the whole, and we're not going to because it, it'll quickly go downhill. We're going to keep this strictly gun show today, but uh, you know, all the fireworks happening uh, with. Trump being arrested and indicted and and uh, at the same time, the lack of mainstream news coverage on the uh, whistleblower who says they have audio recordings of uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden taking a $5 million bribe from the Burisma officials. So how interesting is this? But the news, you wake up every day and it's like a whole new month's worth of news to unpack every day. But um so anyway, welcome everybody to the chat. Uh, I appreciate um, you guys joining in. And Mike has a good name for Governor Newsom. It's New Scum. <laughs> and I like that. That's good. That's almost better than uh, Gaviner. Uh, Gaviner Newscum. Gaviner Newscum. I like it. Uh, yesterday, Senator Edward Kennedy tweeted about Al Sharpton being in support of expanding the Supreme Court like he was relieved to finally have Sharpton's support as if it means something. Um, Edward Kennedy's been dead for a while, KPM. I don't know if, uh, I don't know. Is there another Edward Kennedy out there that I don't know about? Anyway, uh, they can amend the Constitution, so they need to pack the Supreme Court to undo all the good that's been done. That's true. Uh, they, especially from NYSERPA v. Bruin, um, there's been a lot of talk about packing the court. So hopefully uh, that remains tabled. And I think it's close enough that it'll end up just like Gaviner Newscombe's uh, 
proposed 28th amendment, I believe it'll end up in the same spot with a 51-49 Senate and a Republican-controlled House. To do anything um, that dramatic, like pack the Supreme Court or um, or to propose a 28th amendment, there's no chance you're doing it with this small of a uh, margin of victory or a, a majority. Um, bearded brotographer says, I'd love to get my hands on some weapons of war. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, it is fun to shoot full auto every once in a while and, uh, it gets expensive though. But, uh, and Mike is saying, I guess my Beretta 92 is a weapon of war. You're dang right. It is from 1986 until whatever, 2021 or 2022, 2020. When the heck did they adopt the SIG M17? But, uh, it was a long serving service weapon, but not as long as the 1911, which was 1911 until 1986. Um, John says, I'm hoping to get my license in a couple weeks. What's a typical transaction like when purchasing a firearm, like the process from choosing one to leaving the shop? It can be as little or as long as you want, John. Uh, I highly recommend you come in and you um, try a couple out. You do what we call try before you buy. So you shoot a couple. Now You'll be able to narrow it down with our salesperson to two or three and then go out on the range and spend a couple bucks, buy some ammo and shoot a few. Um, you, it'll make it so that you don't regret your decision instantly. Um, and then after that, it's like buying golf clubs. Um, you know, you always got to get another one because you can't play golf with just one golf club. So KP says it's like buying a new shirt. First, you're going to look for one that looks good. Then you're going to try them to, uh, to uh, by holding them. Then you're going to find one that looks and feels good. And never mind uh, holsters. Then one day you're going to end up with this drawer full of holsters. I wonder how the heck that happened. Um, but anyway, uh, and KP said what I just said. Best bet is to come down to Cape Gunworks and try out one of the several that they have on the rental wall and actually fire them instead of buying blind. I remember like back in the day when I was like 18, 19, 20 years old and I was buying my first guns, I remember just going in and you you bought a gun based on how cool you thought it was. That was the only criteria. And I remember I bought this Ruger uh, P40 pistol because it was so cool. And 40 was all the rage. I didn't have one yet. And I'm like, this is going to be cool, man. It's a great looking gun. It's got this like slide mounted decocker. I thought that was like super cool. And then I I had to get this like Miami Vice style shoulder holster. That was this Kydex, not Kydex. It was a nylon shoulder holster rig. And it was such a big gun. And I'm not a very big guy. So uh, only in my mind. <laughs> And so I'm walking around with my left arm cocked out at like a 45 degree angle because I can't put it down against my side because the K40 was, I mean, the P40 was gargantuan. And I remember it had like a 14 round magazine or a 13 round mag. And of course I carried two extra mags on the right side. So yeah, it was totally my Vice, but not quite as cool as the guns of Miami Vice, but um, <laughs> the, uh, I thought I was pretty cool. And then I remember one day going, man, this gun is hard to conceal. 
I tried inside the waistband and it looked like I was, you know, growing a tumor. And it just was impossible to conceal. I remember even at one point thinking I needed to get a level three retention holster for it. And I was in some <laughs> police supply place trying to find a level three retention holster for the P40 pistol. And it was like, you want to talk, I might as well have just carried a sidecar, you know, dragged around a trailer with <laughs> my gun between the combination of gun, extra mags, and holster. It was redonkulous. It was the biggest, uh, you know. So then I, I kind of went the other way and I got a, I think it was a Llama 380-1911. And I never successfully fired a magazine out of that without a jam. So I that gun didn't last long in the lineup. Um, and that was after my first and initial purchase, which was the 1911 Colt Combat Commander, which I still have. It's on my desk here. And uh, that was my official first handgun. And so that one, I had a nice Galco Fletch holster with a thumb brake in an outside-the-waistband, pancake-style leather holster, and I carried for like 15 years, even though that gun was seriously unreliable with hollow points. I found the hollow points that it liked the most, but I would say I'd have a malfunction one out of 20 rounds. And that's what I defended my life with until it became blaring, glaringly apparent that this is dumb. There's got to be a better tool for the job. And I finally got into a striker-fired pistol and went, oh, man, this is what reliability looks like. This is what knowing the gun is going to fire when you need it to fire looks like. And I've never looked back. And I've even sent that gun down to Nighthawk and spent an un- I spent five times as much on that pistol than I did w- what I paid for the pistol to get it to look better and shoot better. And mission accomplished, but... It, it was five times the cost of the initial purchase of the pistol. So anyway, I, I said all that to say this, John. Just come on down and we'll steer you in the right direction. No longer do you only have to go by what is a cool-looking gun. And uh, yeah, you can get, get it right, right out of the box. But then we're going to help you get the cool gun later, no doubt about it. Because uh, you got to have cool guns in the in the lineup for sure. We have an exciting new pistol training series. Pistol one is our basic class. Pistol two continues to build on basic skills. Pistol three is draw draw from the holster, and pistol four is where you put it all together and the rubber meets the road. Go to CapeGunWorks.com. Check the calendar for these new classes. They are ba- basically the USCCA concealed carry and home defense mini classes, and. You're going to be able to get right to it. And so, anyway, uh, check it out at capegunworks.com. Sign up. You don't want to miss out. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. The firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. 
Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. right to the bottom of it. Gives you a nice long range torch for all of your pesky pests or weed problems. Maybe start that fire pit with style this summer. Uh, maybe melt some ice on the walk over the winter. Whatever you want this long range torch for, we got. Welcome everyone, Toby from rapidfireradio.us and it's time for another rapid fire gun of the week. And sometimes you need a gun with just a little more firepower. So this week's gun of the week isn't a gun, but it has a lot more firepower. That's right, we got the Pulse Fire Long Range Torch. And this one will attach right to the bottom of your Picatinny rail. So if you have a modern sporting rifle with a Picatinny rail, this mounts right to the bottom of it. Gives you a nice long range torch for all your pesky pests or weed problems. Maybe start that fire pit with style this summer. Uh, maybe melt some ice on the walk over the winter. Whatever you want this long range torch for, we got it. We have the one that mounts to the gun and we have the standalone one as well. We also have the backpack, which will give you some extra capacity in your long range torch. So you want to check those out. Go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down to gun of the week and click on it and then use GOW at checkout to get a very special discount off your long range torch, which is not a gun, but it's the gun of the week because we say it is, so why not? All right, so check it out on our website. We're really excited. These things are always popular and they're super cool. And if you don't have one, ask yourself why and get one today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Toby Leary and we'll see you on Rapid Fire Radio. That's it, folks. You want to make sure you check out the long-range torch on rapidfireradio.us, gun of the week. Um, I said something in that video that makes a lot of sense, to me anyway. Uh, I called it a gun of the week, even though it's not a gun. And that's exactly what the Massachusetts legislature does. They take things like stun guns and consider them firearms. Isn't that funny? how that works. They just redefine them as firearms, even though they don't have a barrel, they don't have a grip, they don't have a hammer, they don't have a trigger, they don't have a uh, magazine or a cylinder, they don't shoot a projectile, they don't take powder um, or lead or bullets or copper and, you know, have sights on them, any of that stuff. But they call them a firearm. So I called my pulse fire, long range torch, a gun. Of the week. So anyway, yeah, I could have handled that one in this segment, but we're going to go with the new rules and start start things right so I don't get deplatformed because some idiot on some 
you know, back room somewhere will say, oh, my God, he's handling a weapon of war and deplatform me again. So we don't want that to happen. All right, back to the chat. Bird Runner saying, what's up with constitutional carry in Louisiana? What happened? Um, well, what happened, I think, there is uh, a Democrat um, governor vetoed it. And then when it passed again, they made some concessions. And now the right to carry or the permitless carry in Louisiana is only for military or active duty uh, or reserve uh, members of the branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. Um, so they're the only ones exempt from from that or retired. If they've not been dishonorably discharged, they can legally carry a gun without a permit in Louisiana. But the rest of the eight point, uh, I'm sorry, 3.5 million citizens will have to go out and get a permit if they want to carry concealed. They are an open carry state, but anyway. And you can get this information if you go over to uscca.com. And if you want the best legal protection, join the USCCA. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire for a very special deal. That's uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to get special training, legal advice, and the legal protection you and your family need. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby. We'll be right back. Welcome to Personal Defense Network. For years, we've been the Internet's leading destination for high-quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal with the Personal Defense Network is simple. Provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, 508-444-2120 is the number to join the show that talks all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Don't forget to vote in our poll. The House passed Joint Resolution 44. Will the Senate pass a similar bill, yes or no? You can find the poll question on rapidfireradio.us. Go to Rapid Fire Radio on the Twitter page. Search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word on Twitter to find us. And for those of you following along at home, this week's discount code is DAD. That'll get you very special savings off your entire purchase over at CapeGunWorks.com. So, uh, let's get back to the chat. Um, when you uh, Cape Cod says, we're still giving some advice to John, who says, uh, when you buy your first firearm, keep in mind the ammo, holster, gun, and case, and safe to keep it in. And uh, he says, it all adds up. And uh, Skilled says, yeah, I spent like 10 grand after getting my LTC, LOL. Yeah, that does happen. Um, it's, I guess it's like anything. I mean, if you buy a house, right, you're going to buy furniture, you're going to buy new carpet, you're going to buy some light fixtures, you're going to buy some new bedding and et cetera, et cetera. So you always got to nice. put, put the curtains on the windows, so to speak. 
and you're definitely going to need some ammo to get proficient with said new firearm. Urban Shooting, good to see you guys, and we'll see you Saturday for sure. Uh, if you guys want to come join them on their uh, Juneteenth celebration at Cape Gunworks, we have uh, a great event with Urban Shooting Experience. It's with the uh, Naga New England folks. The um, uh, I'm going to try to get this right. <laughs> National African American Gun Rights Association Northeast has an event this Saturday, and uh, I believe it's on our website. We'll drop the link in the chat. Everyone's invited. Uh, You don't have to be a member. Um, So they have a cool range day planned and then a cool beach outing. So hopefully the weather uh, works out well for all involved. Um, That'll be awesome. And uh, John says, I've got what I want in mind. Got a safe, got range gear already. Uh, we'll get a holster once I finally get one. So he is, he's already bought the curtains. He just needs the house and the window to put them on. Uh, let's see. Uh, and Urban says, 1911 is the best gun ever. Well, I think that is up for debate, but it certainly seems to be the most popular gun ever because, I mean, shoot, there's it's the most iconic gun ever. Let's put it that way. Best means it's like the best all-around gun, and maybe it is. But I think there was so many bad examples of that gun that, like even mine, a Colt 1911 that I love, is a bad gun for concealed carry because it was unreliable. Um, with hollow points. That gun was built and originally designed by John Moses Browning to shoot ball ammunition, which it did well. As soon as I started putting hollow points in it, it went to, you know what, in a hand basket. Um, (laughs) uh, Cape Cod mentions he likes the tumble on impact over the hollow points. Now, had I had those at my disposal when I was carrying said 1911, maybe, but it might have shot them a whole lot better. Uh, but because it didn't like the the angle of the feed ramp with a deep hollow point usually just mashed the bullet into the cup of the, or the case, I should say, and shortened the overall length. And so I had to rotate bullets out or whatever. And so, um, yeah, the tumble on impact round probably would have run better because it's closer to a ball ammo. Uh, But anyway, I like them better too, Cape Cod. Um, If you don't know anything about those, check out Fort Scott Munitions Tumble on Impact Round. Um, Here's some right here. I got this special Cape Gunworks tin. This is the 115 grain 9mm. And um, it's a pretty cool bullet because, um, of course, there's no actual tumble on impact rounds in here or else I'll show you one. Uh, These are just rounds that I was messing around with. But it's basically a solid copper bullet. It's patented design, and it's designed to tumble once it hits soft tissue. So you got to check out their videos. They shoot uh, bears up in uh, New Hampshire, no, up in Canada with pistol caliber, 380, 40, 45, 38. And the one they shoot with 380 goes like face down in the dirt. It's amazing. It doesn't even run. But uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Definitely going to get a 1911, but that'll be my second gun. Yeah, that's probably a good good way to go, John. Um, tough to beat the accuracy you get from a 1911. True story. Uh, 2011s are great as well. Hands down, my favorite 9mm. 
Yeah, I, lo- I love them as well. I got a thing for 1911. Um, I love the Nighthawk custom ones, especially. Once you've shot one of those, you're ruined. You're absolutely ruined for life um, uh, because they are that good and that nice and incredible. They just want to be shot, and you shoot them well because they're such high quality. Uh, getting a light-bearing holster for a new gun for a lefty is terrible. Yes, I would agree with that statement. All you wrong-handed people are making it hard on the holster manufacturers. Um, <laughs> uh, and John's saying, don't tempt me with one of those. Uh, that refers to the Pulse Fire long-range torch. Um, by the way, there's a couple of these on the market, and I happen to like the Pulse Fire a whole lot better than the other brand. Uh, just because of the simplicity of it. I'm not big on like all kinds of extra steps. Hence the reason I don't like the 1911 for a concealed carry or my everyday carry. It's got one extra step that I don't like, and that's called a thumb safety, uh, which if you've trained with it for decades, you're probably fine. But if you haven't, then I'm not a big fan of it to introduce to new shooters. And even me, who was pretty proficient with it, it's still easier to go to a gun without a thumb safety. So therefore... Um, that's how it is. And <clears throat> bearded brotographer wants to put that pulse fire UBF on the bottom of his 365 just for the hilarity. I don't know if it would actually mount up. It'll definitely mount up to the pick rail of a AR, but that would be funny. Um, in fact, there was a video of a guy, like a Second Amendment auditor somewhere. I can't remember what the whole thing was, but he had like an AR with the with that mounted to the bottom of it and a full kit on and he had it slung around and people were like looking at him like, dude, what do you have going on there? What in the world is that? And he's like, oh man, I'm just exercising my right to keep it. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. But um, yeah, uh, let's see. After watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I need to get a revolver like Frank. What do you got for snub nose revolvers? We always have some good snubbies in stock. The, the good old Saturday night specials. Um, we have, let's see, uh, I know we got some old Smith & Wessons. I know we have the Ruger SP-101, which is my personal favorite. Um, I have one that I've owned for 20 years now. And the one I have has the bobbed hammer and three fifty seven. Uh, but anyway, um, so let's see, ASD, icon- 1911 is iconic status, like A15 iconic status. <sighs> I would I would tend to agree with that statement. However, the AR-15 hasn't had as long a run as 1911, but it is as iconic. No doubt about it, it's America's rifle. Um, I would just say that maybe like the Winchester 94 or the, the Colt Peacemaker, like the you know single-action army, and the 1911, those are the three that come to mind when I think truly iconic pistols uh, or iconic firearms or weapons. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I, I, I guess AR-15 is certainly becoming that iconic. Uh, when you think of rifle, what rifle comes to mind? That would be a good poll question. When you think of rifle, what rifle comes to mind? AR-15, Winchester Model 94, uh, M1, Garand, 
uh, what else would be an iconic, maybe a Springfield 03. Uh, I don't think M1, M1 carbine would ever be in that category. Maybe the Winchester 1873, uh, maybe a Sharps rifle. Yeah, there's definitely some iconic, right? Uh, Urban Shooting says Henry Lever Action. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Cape Cod, that is a very loaded question. How many pistols is too many pistols? I got three now. You got to up your game, brother. <laughs> there's, is there any such thing as too many pistols? I think not. Uh, and Cape Cod says, I like the tumbling over the expansion field to stop in power is immediate. Um, yeah, I would I would agree. Um, <laughs> I don't think uh, there's such thing. It's like your wife is too pretty or you have too much money or uh, I don't know, what else is too much of? Fill in the blank, whatever you tend to collect. Uh, even you ask Nelson Rockefeller or John D. I don't remember which one it was, but how much money is enough? And he said, just a little more. That's the problem. And even the Bible says, those who pursue silver will never be satisfied by silver. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. If you pursue guns, you'll never be satisfied by guns. It's an endless addiction. Uh Colleen Wire did a hilarious video on on that once about how you should never start buying guns. <laughs> He's like, "Don't ever do it. Take it from a an addict. Don't do it." Yeah, because you're never going to be satisfied. You're never. You're going to walk in just to browse, and all of a sudden you're going to be leaving with another gun. Uh, you got a compact, a midsize, a full size. So what's next? Uh, some obnoxious caliber, like. 460 Ruger or 500 S&W or 50 Action Express or 350 Legend in a revolver, uh, 454 Casul to name a few. Or if you want to get something that's a little less ridiculous but still probably checks the ridiculous caliber box, you could do a 44 Magnum or a 45 Colt. Uh, single action revolvers are definitely... Actually, you know what? Single action 22. Like a Ruger Wrangler, even better would be a single six. Um, yeah, the Python like the Walking Dead. That's right. Pythons are great because now you can get them brand new, six inch in Massachusetts for like 1600 bucks or 1700 bucks. And you used to have to wait for like a pre-band that's floating around the... Uh, the in the world here and spend twenty five hundred to three grand on a python, not anymore. They reintroduced it, and the python six inch is a great shooting gun. It's smooth, buttery action, carried over to the new manufacturer, um, and the fit and finish on them are still legendary and they're beautiful. Um, yeah, no, they re remade them so you can get them. Uh, we just had one in the shop. I think we sold it last week. And uh, we'll be we'll be getting more for sure. Uh, so they're they're just a great great all around gun. Well, folks, that's the end of the first segment. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Remember, the show ends here, but it goes on for another hour. So tune in at RapidFireRadio.us or call or text the Rapid Fire line 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. 
You can go to the rapidfireradio.us and ask some questions there. You can check out our online content. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. And queue up your questions for Keith Langer. We have him next. You don't want to miss out. It's been a while since we've had him on the show. So stay tuned. We will be right back with Keith Langer. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Cowart was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he had worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. For quite a long time, duck hunters have been shooting steel, but in the past few years, you've really seen a resurgence of a material called bismuth. And what bismuth is, it's got a density a lot closer to lead than steel, where, where steel's density is right around 7.8 or so, and lead's right around 11 grams per cc. Bismuth comes in about 9.6. So just to kind of lay it out for you, if you've got two objects flying at the same speed, the one that is denser at the same speed is going to hit a lot harder. So a great example is like how we're hunting today. We're out, we're out here on the, we're literally hunting a bay on the ocean. Fantastic spot. 
but the wind's coming in pretty hard. Normally shooting the size ducks like the Eurasian Visions and Teals that we're shooting at today, I would probably choose to shoot like a, a number four steel, but because the wind's higher, I would maybe go to a number two because I'd get more energy and let the, let the steel carry further. Bismuth allows you to go one shot size smaller and still hit the bird just as hard as you would. Now what that allows you to do, we're shooting a number three shot today, so we're getting all the pellets of a number three load but we're getting all the energy of a number two steel shot. So it's gonna hit harder, it's really gonna extend your range, still meets all the lead-free requirements everywhere you are. Just a great product, and you'll definitely notice the power that you hit the birds with. Another thing with the Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth is we're shooting the flight control wad. So you can choke that with any choke you want, whether that's ported or not. Getting incredibly tight patterns. Again, more pellets on the bird, just hits them hard. Oh, it's good now. It's good. That was probably it? the other one. We had two connected at once. Welcome to Rapid Fire Radio, your weekly 2A talk radio show. All things guns, freedom, Second Amendment. Sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure you tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us or at wherever you get your social media. We tend to broadcast live wherever we can on all the social media channels out there. We're at Rapid Fire Radio and at Cape Gunworks. And we're happy you're here. So uh, we have in the second hour queued up uh, for you attorney Keith Langer. He's a constitutional 2A attorney here in Massachusetts. He does a lot of other good work as well. So if you need his services, we're certainly going to tell you how to get a hold of him. And uh, Keith, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? Well, we're struggling with our technological difficulties, but struggling onward. How are things with you? Uh, we couldn't be better. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here. And uh, man, I've been trying to keep up with all the stuff going on in gun world. Uh, and it is like a full-time job lately. Uh, things are, you know, fast and furious. No, no doubt about it. And, uh, I know some stuff has been happening here in Massachusetts. Uh, we just completed this listening tour by uh, Representative Michael Day's office where he, he came through the state and listened to people, uh, quote-unquote, about what they think of all the, the state's gun licensing schemes and gun control schemes. And I didn't know if you had any... Uh, if you had been following that in the peripheral or following along with that and what your feeling is on, on that, it seems like the the state tends to um, go out on these listening tours before they're going to introduce some sort of legislation. And I didn't know if you had an opinion or feeling about that. Well, I participated in the circus the last time. I went to two of the stops on the listening tour this year. They weren't any terribly close to me. And I've been following it through the Gun Owners Action League uh, after-action reports. Mm. And it seems that turnout has not been terribly great at these. And a lot of what the people are interested in do not seem to be what the politicians are putting for issues. Uh, there wasn't a lot from the politicians on what they're going to do on mental health, which is the big issue. Mm. It's something Gold has been pushing without much luck because if they act on mental health, they have to explain why they closed all the facilities years ago and quote unquote mainstream the occupants 
who then went into the free world without taking their meds and resulting problems. Mm -hmm. And it's much easier to demonize an inert object and its lawful owner than it is to address mental health or crime. Yeah. You know, and crime, I I think, is the... We're seeing a massive spike in crime in this state. And what's, what's interesting is the... When I the one I went to the one in Greenfield, they teed up the whole evening with, uh, my, you know, Representative Michael Day's office actually teed up the whole evening with how safe Massachusetts is, how it's the safest state in the country as far as gun violence, quote unquote, is concerned. And uh, but what he failed to recognize is the fact that um, we are the most violent state in the New England, uh, especially when you compare us to the constitutional carry states to our north. But, um, you know, I found it almost disingenuous to say that compared to the rest of the country, we're one of the safest states. But, you know, right to our north, the three constitutional carry states are far safer states than Massachusetts. But that being said, there seems to be a huge spike in crime in the last couple of years in our state. And uh, crime is something that the police are putting their lives on the line every day, combating and they're they're arresting career criminals and only to find them right back out on the street in no time. And uh, it seems to me that until that changes, we're going to have this perpetual uh, situation of where, you know, revolving door justice system uh, is going to end up getting somebody killed or uh, maimed and, and change their life and their family forever because you know, our judiciary continues to let these people go. Well, the crime rate is increasing nationwide, and the the randomness and the violence of the crime is increasing exponentially, whether it's Austin, New York City, Minneapolis, or just here in Boston. It is absolutely ridiculous. Of course, in Boston, we had that certain uh, district attorney in Suffolk County who, proving the principle, was elevated to the attorney general because she checked off a couple of boxes. And then, of course, she was so appallingly bad in her position, not to mention the ethics violations, that she had to step down. Mm. It does nothing to reduce crime. It does nothing to help with the frontline police uh, trying to stem the tide. And when they say Massachusetts is safe, well... Safe from gun violence, not because of the laws, because, as you said, we've got the three constitutional carry states north of us that don't have this crime. It's obviously not the gun laws. It's demographics and urban density that are creating the crime problems. That's true across the country. Mm. The other thing is you're not going to see gun deaths in Massachusetts because we have such a superb network of hospitals and ER staff. If you're getting shot with a in Massachusetts, you've got an excellent chance of recovering. Mm. If you're out in the sticks of Alabama, good luck. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's something I've actually never even thought of or considered. But you're right; we have the some of the world's best healthcare right within minutes of uh, most people in this state. Um, but you know what? You know what else is something that is really interesting to me is the. Whenever the you see like a state police drug bust or something or a state police arrest where they arrest um, you know host of people and they show the 
quote-unquote arsenal that they were arrested with. Half the time you see the guns aren't guns that are even legal for sale in Massachusetts from licensed gun shops. So they're obviously stolen or trafficked in from out of state or um, you know, brought here by people who are obviously breaking all kinds of laws. And, and the fact of the matter is um, it, it just proves the point that no matter what laws you pass, the criminal element is still going to acquire guns however way they are going to acquire them. And, uh, it's a necessary tool of the trade. Of course they're going to have them. Right. Uh, it, it's mandatory. Yeah. And they're not even, apparently they're not at all worried about the mandatory minimum of one year in jail that comes with illegal possession of a firearm in a state. No, the mandatory one year in jail is a farce. The only people affected by it are the clowns who let their license lapse and got dinged with something they shouldn't have had. The mere expiration is civil, but it becomes a gateway to something else. Or they move here, never had the license, didn't know, and they get popped. They're the ones who are facing the one-year mandatory minimum, and they're not a threat. If you're a criminal and you're committing armed robbery, who cares about the one-year mandatory minimum for unlicensed possession of a firearm? The real charge is assault battery with a dangerous weapon. The real charge is armed robbery. In which case, that so-called mandatory minimum is just going to be absorbed into the greater offense. It's a superfluity. Well, yes and no. I mean, to me, it should be an add-on year. If if they're going to get 10 years for the armed robbery, why shouldn't they get 11 for the mandatory minimum? Because the courts don't do consecutive, they do concurrent. Uh-huh. So it all gets broomed together and subsumed in the overall penalty. You don't see consecutive sentencing uh, as a general rule. Yeah. I was uh, just reading an article today about, um, it looks like in Rochester, New York, a man was given 180 days in jail for raping two girls, ages four and nine. And so he gets six months, big deal. Yeah, he got six months for rape of two girls ages four and nine. And, you know, this is this is the day and age we live in uh, where criminals get light and low sentences and this scumbag's gonna be out on the out on the uh street in hundred and eighty days. And you know, he's a twenty year old guy and he's getting thirty years probation. So uh but you rape two juvenile uh girls and you get out in hundred and eighty days. In what in what world is that uh in the woke world where you don't prosecute anything except the most violent felonies, which is why see the degradation of the cities Mm. it used to be that misdemeanors would get you arrested and in this on the list and the enforcement of misdemeanor violations were keeping these people off the streets Mm. we saw this in new york with the so-called broken windows campaign Mm -hmm. you let the little things slide and they accumulate and lead to larger things if you do policing at the basic level, then they don't rise to that level because they're not allowed to. Right. And in, you know, you can't go a single day nowadays without, um, without seeing a whole group of people going into a, 
a place with a shopping cart and filling it up and, uh, you know, taking all the merchandise that they want and just walking out of the store without paying for it. And nothing happens. And if you call... As organized as gangs. They're going in and stripping entire leather goods, right. uh, high-end women's accessories, and, of course, jewelry. Yeah. And then you've got these DAs say, well, we're not going to prosecute anything under $1,000. That's, that's like saying Ali Ali Oxen Free. It's declaring open season on the retailers, and they wonder why the small businesses are going under, and the big businesses like Neiman Marcus are pulling out of these sanctuary cities and no prosecution jurisdictions like San Francisco and New York. Mm. Yeah, it's and then the and then the people in the neighborhood say we have no place to shop, we have no stores to go to. That's why. They were forced to close because they couldn't stay open in that environment. Right. Yeah. What you know? What are you supposed to do? I mean, most. I mean, you have companies like Smith and Wesson that left Massachusetts and go to Tennessee just because their congressman that represents their district in Springfield uh, files a bill that says you can't manufacture any gun that's not legal for sale in Massachusetts. So that's 50% of their business. So they're going to pull up and leave tomorrow, which they did. And good on them. They're smart for doing it. Uh, but there's no accountability for these politicians, no accountability for these DAs and mayors that allow this soft on crime policy and the revolving door justice system. And it isn't until these major corporations get up and leave because they can't keep their doors open because of the constant stream of crime and the crazy thing is they're almost complicit in it too some of these big corporations because uh, i forget what one it was i think it was uh i can't remember the name of the department store but the person called the police called 911 over somebody stealing and they got fired for calling 911 <laughs> it's like what are you trying to say here the doors are wide open it's insanity we've lost our mind well, the store employees are under strict orders not to try and enforce any sort of loss prevention because the stores don't want the liability for the employees getting hurt. Mm. Never mind potential lawsuit by the thief claims excessive force or false. Yeah. Well, the losses, excuse me, the shrinkage of inventory is so extreme that the businesses cannot stay in business any longer and they close. Yeah. Unfortunately, you must be going through a bad area there, Keith, and we're losing you, but um, hopefully you'll be able to come Well, back. I'm heading up 81 through, through the Shenandoah Valley, so. Ah, it's a beautiful area. Um, so what what have you been working on lately? You've been on in, any interesting cases that involve Massachusetts uh, um Massachusetts gun law, or have you been taking the summer off? Did we lose him? All right, we're going to try and get him back, so stand by. Um, I didn't know he'd be traveling today. We might have postponed <laughs> for another day, but I want to hear uh, if he's been working on any 2A cases. And uh, one, of the, one of the 2A cases that's pending in this state, I don't think Keith is a part of it, um, is the... Uh, it's the uh, Nagger case uh, that's challenging the assault weapons ban and high-capacity weapons ban in Massachusetts. We're hoping to see some movement on that 
We also have an FPC case uh, moving into the court systems about the uh, challenging the attorney general's regulations and the uh, pistol roster. So hopefully that there's also a case. There's also a case involving switchblades. Oh, really? We got them back. All right. Yes. Great. I was contacted three weeks ago by Mass Lawyers Weekly, uh-huh. and it it's like the Catano stun gun case all over again. No kidding. There's a car stop. Uh, they're searching everybody, and they find the knife on the person. Mm. Never displayed it. Never threatened anyone with it. He was simply in possession of a switchblade. Mm. So he was prosecuted. And, of course, he was convicted in Massachusetts, and now it is being appealed. And as Mass Lawyers Weekly wanted me to review the pleading and give them some thoughts, which I did, which is basically it's Katana Redux. You've got something that is clearly a weapon that's been around since the dawn of time. There's nothing new about knives. And even switchblades are nothing new. Switchblades weren't even regulated until the 1950s when we had the great juvenile gang, blackboard jungle uh, wave, if you will. And they got all upset over switchblades. It was like, well, that all over again. So the question is, why is a switchblade not protected under the Second Amendment, since it's clearly a weapon which existed long before the creation of the Constitution of Nine, and the fact that the switchblade merely technological evolution, like the printing press or the revolver or your radio. Mm. And none of those are excluded from constitutional protection. The fact that you didn't have cell phones in 1789 doesn't mean that your cell phone communications aren't protected under the Fourth Amendment. It doesn't mean that what you say over the telephone is not protected under the First Amendment. So why should the possession of a switchblade not be protected under the Second Amendment? I also pointed out in my response, which Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly printed pretty much complete, that it gives you a middle ground in the use of force spectrum between a stun gun and the real gun. Well, you can own a stun gun, you can own a real gun. Why should a knife be any different? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've long said that I'm actually surprised to hear that someone actually got prosecuted. I thought in this day and age someone caught with a switchblade would never be uh, prosecuted in the the, uh, post-Katano era but apparently here it is (laughs) so that's good so it's appealed up to the first circuit Uh, at this point it's going to the sjc let's see if they learn from what happened to them in the Kitano case Mm. and grasp the concept yeah and that should go with anything right brass knuckles and nunchucks and nunchucks are, are exotica and the Japanese shuriken and that, that's on the fringe. But there's absolutely nothing radical about a folding knife with or without assisted opening. But why is it on a fringe if it's a bearable arm? You don't think well, that, that shurikens and throwing knives have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years? Maybe, but they're observed as a 
defensive weapon. It's they're the not sort of considered thing like to play with, but I, it's not the sort of thing that I would urge eagerly promote as protect on the, the Second Amendment because it's nothing that was in common use at the time. We don't care what they were doing in the Edo period in Japan. We're <laughs> talking about the continental U.S. from about 1600 forward. Mm. Well, but if it became common and ordinary at some point because of trend... Yeah, the common and ordinary about throwing stars are... Well... How many does it have to be? Because they they said that like twenty thousand people owned stun guns, and that's why they were considered in common and ordinary use. I bet you there's more than twenty thousand people in this country that have throwing stars or nunchucks. Yes, no, maybe so. All right, we're going to take a short break here. I'm going to try and get a better connection with Keith, uh, attorney Keith Langer. So if you have a question for him, cue it up. In the chat. Next week, we're breaking up. Yeah, we're breaking up. So, uh, or just call in. Call call the phone number. We'll talk to you offline, Keith. Give me one sec, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lear. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. We're here, hopefully, with Keith Langer. We might have lost him. He's traveling. And uh, if so, we'll definitely get him on the line in the future. Uh, but a 2A Talk radio show that you can call in or text your questions to 508-444-2120. And if, in fact, we did lose him, we'll just continue with your questions on the chat. And uh, feel free to call us uh, if you have any questions. But... Uh, we're happy you're here, and uh, we're going to try to get Keith back on the on the horn. And if that works out great, we'll uh, we'll get him. But if not, we'll do it next time. So uh, we were talking about bearable arms, and Keith thinks that if it's exotic, it wouldn't be protected under the Constitution. However, um, when the Caetano case went through the Supreme Court, they said that there's at least like 20,000 people in the country which would make it a common and ordinary use. And so I would make the argument that there's probably at least 20,000 people throughout the country that have nunchucks or throwing stars or 
coubatons or you know whatever their choice of defensive weapon would be and why aren't all of those things protected under the uh, constitution it shouldn't have had to have been in common and ordinary use as of 1600 in the in the united states I would say a good argument for this would be axes. Axe throwing is a trend that has come like red hot in the past two or three years. Uh, There's even bars that have cropped up, even one in our own town here in Hyannis. And people uh, have done leagues and, uh, you know, there's people that own their own throwing axes and everything else. And those things would probably be illegal in Massachusetts. And so uh, now what are we going to modify the mass general law to allow people to have a throwing axe for recreational or competitive use only? It doesn't make sense. It's a law that violates the Constitution, period. It just, you know, it violates the, um, the right to keep and bear arms. And maybe... You know, hatchets are covered because they were in common and ordinary use during the Revolutionary War. I don't know. But the bottom line is, it doesn't even matter what was in common and ordinary use at the time of the ratification because there was technologically uh, technological provisions built into the Constitution by the right to keep and bear arms. And it didn't define arms as muskets or flintlocks or wheel locks or, you know, muzzle loading or blunderbusses or anything like that. The government was smart enough to know that arms change, rights don't. The unfortunate thing is we try to get real smart and think for the founding fathers and say, oh, but these weren't around during the time of the ratification of the Constitution. Uh, well, so that doesn't matter. What matters is what was written down on paper. And the laws of nature and of nature's God is the grantor of these laws, not man. All man did was acknowledge them. And the Constitution was written for a moral and religious people, people who are generally religious and generally moral and generally kind and generally caring and don't want to violate each other and don't want to come against each other and and do them harm or be malicious in their intent. And so with that in mind, yeah, shoot, your neighbor can have a howitzer and I, I'm going to come over and watch him shoot it because it's it's cool and it's a bearable arm, right? Well, maybe not a howitzer, but it's probably not bearable. <laughs> but it's, you know, maybe you could have it in the home for defensive use. <laughs> but anyway, the howitzer is probably not a bearable arm. However, if the my neighbor had one. I'd want to come watch him shoot it Sunday afternoon, and I'll bring the ear protection. And like, wow, that was a cool boom. But the point is, uh, arms change, rights don't. And until we restore the rights that we've lost, we've put all these uh, encumbrances upon the Second Amendment, unlike any other right. And I've said it before that the First Amendment has gone the other direction. The First Amendment has been completely loosened from any constriction whatsoever, whether it's been implied or not. And I might be okay with that, but at least acknowledge that the First Amendment has expanded, certainly past what was available at the time of our nation's foundation. And yet the Second Amendment has been restricted 
because you didn't need background checks. You didn't need government permission to make a gun. You didn't need um, interstate commerce laws that made it illegal to for me to drive across state lines and purchase a handgun. You didn't have uh, age restrictions. You could order them through the mail. You could have them delivered to your house. Um, and all of this could be done at the, you know, in the pursuit of happiness by the individual. In some cases, even felons or people who've been had run-ins with the law, and they never had their rights altered or changed or taken away. And just the opposite has happened with the First Amendment. Uh, but, you know, so I I hate, you know, and, and, you know, I granted Keith is a lawyer that does this for a living, so I guess I can't fault him for thinking this way. But I hate when people say stuff like, well, those are exotic weapons and those wouldn't be protected under the Constitution. Why? Why? Why wouldn't nunchucks or shurikens or... Um, tonfas or batons or bow staffs or um you know broadswords or battle axes or whatever they're all a bearable arm are they not and so why wouldn't they be protected under the second amendment and i think uh technology changes but so do the whims and wishes of the people and we shouldn't be constricted to something that a politician or an elected official comes up with and says, oh, no, that's not in common and ordinary use, so therefore you can't have it. Uh, yeah, swinging rock in a pouch on a sling. Yeah, that's right. I mean, really, Massachusetts banned wrist rockets, you know, slingshots with surgical tubing that brace against your arm. And I had one as a kid, and I'm like, I remember people saying, oh, you can't have a wrist rocket. You can have a slingshot, but you can't have a wrist rocket. It's like, give me a break. It's totally ridiculous. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, some people are mentioning in the chat that they didn't know you could buy a Colt revolver in Massachusetts. Say it isn't so. Um, yes, it is. And the reason you might not know that is because it, Colt added the Python to the uh, target shooting roster. That's why only the six-inch one is mass legal the two and a half or the three inch or the four inch didn't make the cut because it has to have a minimum of a five inch barrel to be added to the target shooting roster and so um the the target shooting roster is out on a different you know if you google mass approved weapons roster there's four different rosters that pop up there's the olympic roster there's the target shooting roster there's the large capacity weapons roster and then there's the approved weapons roster and so the target shooting roster is the one that's got a lower bar um to to jump through in order to get the gun approved and so um it's it's basically uh they they can add that's what nighthawk did with all their guns that's what sti did that's what um kimber did that's what colt did uh who else added pardini oh they're on the olympic weapons rosters but um if you just google mass approved uh weapons roster i'm doing it right now you'll see what i mean there's the four different rosters so if you go to the target formal target shooting roster i'm going to tell you the companies that don't appear on the regular approved weapons roster atlas gunworks 
Um, a lot of people love the Atlas guns. Um, Barstow Precision, haven't seen them in a long time. Uh, Colt added a bunch of 1911s. Uh, their Colt com- competition, stainless, blued, the 70s and 80s series, the Gold Cup trophy, the um, national match, and the target, um, Python target, the 6-inch with the adjustable sights. So uh, then also the uh, Gold Cup trophy, Series 70. So there's a bunch of Series 70s and 80s, either the competition or the Gold Cup trophy or the national match. Um, in 938 Super and 45. Also, High Standard is on there with a bunch of their 22s and the uh, Camp Perry National Match 45. Um, there's the Kimber Stainless Target 2 and Super Match and the Stainless Target Long Slide. They also have a uh, Long Slide 10 millimeter. Uh, then all the Nighthawk Customs in 945, 357, and, and 10 mil. The Korth Mongoose 6 inch and Court Super Sport are on there. Um, Para Ordnance, Pardini, Sig has the 210 target, the 320X5, the 911-9 Max Michelle, the 1911, excuse me, 320X5 Legion, uh, the 1911-45 Max Michelle. Smith has all the Smith Victory models, um, and the 5906 IDPA competition. I wonder if anyone's still running the 5906 competition in, in IDPA matches. That would be hysterical. Talk about old school. Um, and then uh, STI has a bunch of their guns on there as well. And STI, Stryer, I'm sorry, SVI, Stryer, Voigt, has a couple of theirs, Volkwartzen, and Walther has the Q5 match steel frame and the Q5 match polymer frame. So there you have that. Also, I believe, I thought CZ had one on there, but apparently not. I guess their P, their, uh, the P10 competition is on the standard weapons roster. But anyway... I'll drop that link in the chat, and you guys can check that out as well. So I get all the time people who didn't know um, about the target shooting roster. Some guns make it on there, but for the most most part, uh, they're not guns you'd concealed carry, but they could be guns called upon to defend your life in a home defense situation. But their primary existence in life has to be made for competition or else they have to meet the full uh, f- full bevy of <laughs> requirements by the state. Yeah, it's a, it's a ridiculous amount of requirements. That's why most companies don't bother with Massachusetts because it's an expensive uh, endeavor to get guns tested for mass. Uh, and AST says, holy moly, I didn't even know mass screws around with revolvers. Uh, been away from a gun game a long time. Yeah, they screw around with all guns. They, there's never been a gun that Massachusetts um, has seen that it likes, except, I shouldn't say that, there's one gun that, the, oh, darn it, and this is one of the things I wanted to ask Keith because I know he's been on the, the gun control advisory board in the past but because uh, they're supposed to have a meeting coming up pretty soon. Um, but the one gun that is still on the approved weapons roster, and it has been there for probably 
10 years, has never hit the market. It's called the Armatrix IP-122, and it's that smart gun, which only knows it's you, and it's never hit the market. And maybe that's why, uh, which I find incredibly ironic and incredibly hip, uh, hypocrite. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, huh? Hypocritical, yeah. Because the, the state approved that gun without it ever even hitting the market just because it's considered a smart gun. However, it won't even allow manufacturers to send the gun in that is a well it won't let them send it to testing until it has been released to the public so a company like fn for for instance which tests their guns internally for like one to two years before hitting the market they won't allow them to send it for testing and submit their application to the state until it's been released to the public that's why it always takes like a year after a gun gets released to actually hit the market in Massachusetts because they can't do it beforehand. They can't send it for testing, get it tested, get it approved, and get it on the list and then release it at the same time as they do the general release of the gun, as ridiculous as that is, because they won't even accept the application until it's been released to the market. So it's just ridiculous, but that's the state we live in. Um, But, yeah, the Armatrix IP-1... If you Google that, it's a gun that the state loved before it even saw it and put it automatically. It gave it preferred status. It it was a smart gun, so therefore it could jump right to the top of the line. It is the first gun on our approved weapons roster. Hey, could you do that? And what's that? Could, you do that? could we make a smart gun? Let's no. Uh, well, yeah, it's not going to be a smart gun unless it has the fingerprint reader and blah, blah, blah. Future smart gun. Uh, it's got the RFID watch and smart system, which both parts communicate through RFID in order for the handgun to function. The matching watch must be within 10 inches of it. The Armatrix IP1 cannot be used without the matching IWI active RFID wristwatch. And... I'm sure that the government can shut down your wristwatch and shut down your gun. That That's one reason they love that technology. It's like, oh, wait a minute, your social credit score isn't up to date, isn't up to par, so we're going to shut you off. We're going to press that button and say, uh, you will not be shooting your gun today until you up your... I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Until you up your social credit score. And is your gov- is your gun government-approved? Because if not, you might have to turn it in along with your IPW wristwatch, your Inspector Gadget wristwatch. Um, Anyway. If you want to protect yourself, get a double-barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. Thank you, Joe. I think you got some bigger fish to fry right now than worrying so much about what gun we choose to protect ourselves with you don't need an ar-15 uh yes i do you're right i don't need a ar-15 i need a bunch of ar-15s because uh tony simon had a great post on instagram today um and he said you don't need just one ar-15 you need many you need one in 556 you need one in 300 blackout you need one in a pistol caliber carbine 
You need one in 308. You need a backup to the 556. You need a backup to your pistol caliber carbine. And I'm I'm liking his train of thought right there. I think that's a that's a really good advice because America's rifle, which is in common and ordinary use, shall not be infringed and needs all iterations of said rifle. You know, it took me a long time to get on the AR-15 bandwagon. Um, for a while, I didn't see the big deal with them. And a buddy of mine gave me my first AR-15. It was a Bushmaster heavy barrel. It was right after the 94 assault weapons ban. And it was a heavy stainless barrel Bushmaster in 223. It wouldn't even fire the 556. And uh, it was a match grade accurate. And I thought it was a cool gun. And then I took my buddy's good old fashioned Colt H bar down to the range with a with the good old carry handle and fixed front sight post and proceeded to make clay pigeons into tiny little uh, pieces of orange ceramic at 100 yards. And I was totally blown away. I couldn't believe it. So anyway, um, that's... That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I've been a fan ever since. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Remember, the show ends here, but you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call the text line or leave a message on the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community. Be an advocate for responsible gun ownership in your community. Together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless, and we will see you next time on Rapid Fire.